And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpostcomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Got a big, I got another issue with the camera. I guess that uh, SD card inside the camera is dying. And uh, I noticed this because last week, for this is episode 193 of the Constitutionals Podcast, uh, premier podcast website. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I noticed last week that the camera shut off 10 minutes into the first segment of the podcast. And then I got, I'm, I'm shooting uh, news time very late this week <laughs> for good reason. There was no, no story. Uh, and I got to, I was shooting for like maybe five minutes and uh, the camera shut off. Like the, it stopped recording and then shut off. I mean, I went, that's very odd. The last time that happened, it was an issue with the um, the SD card. So, the camera's old. There's no point to it. Uh, but I am broken. I don't have anything for a camera. So, we'll just have to make do. If the camera shuts off, it shuts off. I miss the GoPro. It's, it's sitting over there, but it just won't work. It's just not going to work. Anyway, here we are recording the podcast. Uh, the day is supposed to go out. Just didn't do it yesterday. Yes, I have no job. <laughs> I just didn't feel like doing it yesterday. <laughs> you know, I mean, also you got time, you know, today to do it. That's better. That's about all that's going on with me. I did. I just, this morning actually. I I went to the gym. Obviously, as as I usually do. Went to the gym. Came home. Had my breakfast. Uh, sat around, applied for jobs for about an hour, and then <laughs> at nine thirty. <laughs> This is or nine o'clock. It was like nine o'clock, and I go, oh, I guess I'll watch The Shining. <laughs> so I watched The Shining. Uh, I with I have a purpose. I Doctor Sleep is leaving HBO Max next week, and it's been on my it's been in it's been on HBO Max for like five months, and I just it's a two and a half hour movie, and I just never found time to watch it. So now I have the time. <laughs> so, um, and so I plan on watching that at some point later today. Yes, I am watching both movies back to back in the same day. I meant to do that with Lord of the Rings and uh, the Hobbit films, um, but uh, that's a commitment. That's a commitment, especially because I have the extended versions on Blu-ray, and for the Lord of the Rings in particular, each movie's on two discs. So that, that would mean about an hour and a half into the first movie, I have to get up, <laughs> press you know whatever console I'm using to watch them on, press the eject button, get the second disc, put it in there, wait, you know, five minutes for it to load up. It's very interesting because they have these, uh, for both the Xbox and the PlayStation, um, it takes forever to get to the, if you're playing a movie on either one of them, it takes forever to get there and to the, to the menu to press play and everything. I noticed this because I was watching the back to the future movies back to back. And, uh, it was, (laughs) it was, it was so like I was doing, I did like one day back to the future, then another day back to the future two, and then another day back to the future three. So three days. <laughs> and it, it took a good, you know, five to five some odd minutes to get there. So interesting. And then I, and then this morning, this means nothing in the long run, but I was looking <laughs> up, uh, uh, the, how the, the next generation of consoles, the P- X five, Xbox series X and the uh, PS five, uh, I almost said X five. Um, how both of those are as 4K Blu-ray uh, players. Uh, because I have an extensive collection of DVDs and Blu-rays, 
and uh, one 4K disc, which is 1917. And I have an, I, so I have, these, I have this nice collection, um, which when people see it, they go, that's a lot of movies. Who watches discs anymore? And I go, I do. And then I proceed to not watch discs for a very long time. Um, but I, you know, you get these, I, the, these consoles have these 4K players in them. And uh, I want to take advantage of them. And one day I'll have a television to take advantage of that as well. And also I'll get the consoles themselves. But I want to take advantage of them and use the disk drives uh, by buying physical media. And also, you know, one day Apple, Google, Amazon, they could go, we don't want to do this anymore. And they could just stop supplying digital film, digital movies. Uh, anyway, so uh, I looked up how they fare as 4K players. Apparently it is okay because it's not, they're not... They're not their main purpose isn't, you know, for watching these movies and playing these discs is for playing video games. But uh, they are great 4K streamers. So if you have 4K HDR and all that crap stuff that you watch on Netflix or Disney Plus or HBO Max, then it works. But the discs in particular, they're a little iffy. But, you know, whatever. That's a good five minutes. Let's get into this. <laughs> Let's get into this story. To the first story. Now, this one comes, uh, this is about Barb and Star. It comes from Variety. Written by Clayton Davis. Barb and Star won't ever qualify for Golden Globes or SAG Awards under the current rules. Uh, and ever, ever is not a hyperbole. It, it, I, when I was reading the story, it looks like the movie's going to have an issue uh, for eligibility even next year. So already we're in a very hard time when it comes to uh, award seasons and stuff, they had to extend, extend the, extend the, uh, the years. And then this year, I mean, for the next season, it's still going to, it's going to be shortened. It's going to go from, I think like March to December next year for, for next year's awards. Uh, should they go on at the regular times in February? But now they're all going on in April and May, uh, in March and May, March through May, <laughs> I think. Uh, so, uh, if I was, uh, you know, I was watching a uh, Kristen Wiig was on Stern last week. And so I was watching her interview this week and he, he asked, he talks about how bridesmaids was nominated for an Oscar and these award, you know, things get nominated every single year and you forget, but bridesmaids was nominated for an Oscar for writing, which is amazing. Uh, and it's written by Annie. M- uh, oh God, I can't pronounce her last name. <laughs> Uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamolo. I was gonna say Mamolo. It's written. That's it's you know and and this new movie that came out, uh, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. It's still uh, equally as lauded, I would say. Uh, but now these eligibility things are really messing up the uh, timeline here, as the kids say. I don't know. That's a Twitter thing. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Clayton writes the film is caught in a. COVID awards loophole under the current rules and guidelines for the Golden Globes and SAG Awards and is not eligible for either award in 2022. The Lionsgate comedy was originally scheduled to release theatrically in July of 2020, but then it was pushed back to July 2021. And then during the holiday period, Christmas and New Year's, the distributor decided to cancel the film's theatrical release, put it on VOD on February 12th. January 11th, Lionsgate announces its plans and the film was now on the Oscars' extended eligibility window. January 27th, Variety reported exclusively the film was submitted for Academy consideration in all categories, including Best Picture, but notably Original Song, 
with I Love My Boobies, written by Richard Cheese? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, Richard Cheese is a guy who takes popular songs and he and his band make a swing version of it. So they did, uh, oh God, Down with the Sickness for um, Dawn of the Dead remake, I believe, in 2005. I, it was one of those. It was by the same <laughs> same band uh, who does Chop Suey, who is uh, with the front man is, is a racist. Uh, is it Get Up, Get Down, Get Up, Come On, Get Down? Yeah, I think, I don't know, who cares? Anyway, Richard Cheese, Wig, and Mamala wrote that song. And then Welcome to Palm Vista, written by Mamala and Wig. However, for the Golden Globes, the deadline for submissions was November 30th. They can't do it. And at the time, the film was still thought to be a summer 2021 release. So it still wouldn't have been eligible if they submitted November 30th. When the release plans were officially announced, it was too late for the film to throw itself in the ring for this year's awards consideration. There are no official eligibility announcements by any major awards for the next year uh, regarding this year. So now... Uh, and the assumption is between March 2021 and December 2021 is uh, is the eligibility period. So now, Barb and Star to go to Vista Del Mar is in a purgatory for anything. And it's it's so far the biggest comedy of the year. I just saw uh, I was I, <laughs> I just saw on the Chromecast with Google TV, uh, which now has Apple TV. Thank God, Jesus. Uh, but I just saw on there uh, Nomadland is on Hulu. So I can't wait to check that out. Uh, because that is going to be a big movie this year. There's people moving below me. And if you hear any rumbling, it's uh, it's them. They're moving in. Uh, quite possibly the loudest movement I've heard in my life. <laughs> okay. So now these new rules because of the pandemic are... They've, they've changed everything and... Uh, and now there, there's there's no loopholes is what I'm looking at. Anything that was submitted between February 2021, excuse me, February 3rd, 2021, and February 28th, 2021, uh, and therefore will become ineligible for the 2021 awards because their release is delayed to a date after February 28th, 2021, also will not be eligible for 2022 awards. So if you anticipate your film's release date will be delayed to a date after February 28th, 2021, please advise us prior to the announcement of our 2021. That was So these are new rules from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. So that they, they screwed over uh, a lot of these movies, including SpongeBob movie SpongeBob on the Run. Is it called the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run? Oh, Jesus. I don't like that at all. You know what I also don't like? I also don't like that um, that the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, originally supposed to end the series. SpongeBob gets his, you know, gets the second Krusty Krab, and he's the manager. Uh, but then series goes on, obviously, because it's one of the biggest kids' cartoons ever. Then the second movie comes out, no continuity. <laughs> I don't care if there's continuity in the show. I didn't continue in the movies, at least. God, he met David Hasselhoff? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. Free Britney, free SpongeBob continuity. Uh, there's going to be a meeting held and discussions uh, because this is going to affect a lot of movies, including Minari, because they had to be forced to 
submit to foreign language. Uh, Minari is uh, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, uh, starring Stephen Yun, I believe. And uh, they had to be in the foreign language category because of these new rules. And uh, yeah, just like Lulu Wang's The Farewell. This is uh this is all this is all upside down, and just not and not a, and not a good situation all around. Uh, but I think you know they should have just treated it, you know, extend the extend the windows, but treat it as the same as the the last year, uh, because then not no, not a lot of movies are still released. That's, I think that's just the whole thing. Uh, and you don't have to accept every movie. You like you don't have to have a number. <laughs> You don't have to have 10, you know, nominations for best comedy musical. Even though not many comedy musicals came out. But there's two comedies in that category now. And there's like three musicals and one of them is The Prom. Anyway, it's all a not good situation. Listen, when we come back, we're going to go break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about two more stories. And then I'm going to go for a walk. Oh, Jesus. Coming back from break. Three, two, one. And we're back from break. I almost fell out of this chair. Maybe I'll leave it in. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave in the part where I fell out. If you're watching the video where I almost fell out of the chair. Uh, I was just thinking to myself. Uh, and I think, and I've been thinking about this for like the past couple of weeks when I, as I've been perusing the streaming services. Now, if you look at services like Tubi and Pluto and Crackle, they're free and they're ad supported. And typically they have very crappy and stupid movies and shows on there. Uh, I can adjust the microphone and nobody can hear me. It's wonderful. <laughs> But they have very, you know, bad shows and movies. Uh, but now, Tubi in particular, and I'd, I'd say Pluto too, have they stepped up their crackle sucks? <laughs> they stepped up their game in terms of acquisitions. You, you know, I was just thinking, movies uh, they come out, they're nominated for these for these awards, and they're supposed to be these highly prestigious, lauded uh, films, films. And now they're residing, like movies from like the early 2000s that were at the Oscars are now on Tubi for free to watch with ads. I, it's great. It's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that these movies that we, that we held in such prestige, you know, are now on these, on this free website on YouTube for free, uh, you know, legally. Cause uh, you can watch movies for free on YouTube now. Um, I, I just, I just thought that was so wild. It's very it's very wild to me. And then then there are movies that I have uh, not even seen, like Brazil. I think that's available through my local library on Canopy or Hoopla, one of those. And I and I just uh, and I've been trying to watch it for years. Um, and one time it was on a streaming service, and I want to say Amazon. It was on my list for like seven months, and I just never watched it. <laughs> Anyway, let's get into the second story. This comes from, oh, this is about BuzzFeed. This comes from the New York Times, written by, uh, I might have, oh, oh boy. Okay, Katie Robertson. 
there's an issue. I should, I, it was, this was in a, uh, a live post. So it's one of those posts that is updated constantly. And that's the reason why I was freaking out. BuzzFeed finalizes acquisition of HuffPost. HuffPost was purchased by BuzzFeed in November from Verizon Media by BuzzFeed. I do think this is a great acquisition. I don't remember if we ever talked about this. The acquisition, which was part of a larger stock deal between BuzzFeed and Verizon Media, will see HuffPost operate as a distinct brand within BuzzFeed. The website and its editorial staff remain independent from BuzzFeed News. Matt Mittenhall, Mitt, Mitt, it's Mittent, Mittenthal, Mittenthal, a BuzzFeed spokesperson said. And BuzzFeed also owns Tasty, which is like uh, Bon Appetit, but not canceled. <laughs> Everybody was telling jokes about Tasty, like how it's all crappy and it's, you know, uh, made for the Internet. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Bon Appetit is the one that's uh, dying. I got I have a, my iPad is on Verizon because it's a, a wireless thing. Uh, while my phone's on Google Five, but for Verizon, you can do these. You get like free, you know, coupons and experiences and stuff. And they have uh, a six-month subscription to Apple News Plus. Uh, not, a, I'm not a huge fan of Apple News Plus because they're not gonna, they're not paying people directly for what they write. Um, but I, I got it for free for six months, and I'm looking. You can like read magazines as well, and um, you know, you have Wired, Bon Appetit. Vogue, Variety, all the magazines you can want to read. And I opened one. (laughs) I opened one and I was just, I just went, why am I doing this? And I closed it and just, I just haven't read a magazine (laughs) since. Like I tried to, I really tried. Uh, But that's it. I think this is a great deal for BuzzFeed. Um, I think they should just fold BuzzFeed nude, nude, (laughs) BuzzFeed nude. It's the, it's the porn site for BuzzFeed. Buzzfeed nude, and then it has the uh, the uh, porn up song on it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That was a good joke for myself. Anyway, I just wanted to say this that they should definitely fold in uh, Buzzfeed news into HuffPost because I do think, in terms of reput- reputability, HuffPost is a is a, a better site. I cannot take anything seriously from BuzzFeed News. <laughs> like uh, they broke a lot of um, sexual assault stories, and they have like a lot of good in, uh, investigative journalism. And then it's, the, but then you know, it's from BuzzFeed News. I think the name is part of it. Like if you saw like a serious interview between me and uh, Martin Scorsese, who we'll talk to in a second. Like if you just saw like a two-hour interview on cpluscomedy.com. <laughs> Like that would be, uh, uh, you know, a little, little, it would take away from the magic. So anyway, I think they should fold in Huff, uh, BuzzFeed News and HuffPost because I think that would be cool. Uh, and then uh, maybe get rid of the BuzzFeed name entirely <laughs> and Tasty. Ugh, I hate that. Yeah, like have BuzzFeed, then HuffPost, then Tasty. Have those be the pillars. And I, you know, I could see that happening within a couple of years. I don't know if it. If it will happen, but I can definitely, I think there's a bigger chance of that happening than them, uh, you know, putting more serious stuff on BuzzFeed News. If you get what I'm saying. If you get what I'm saying. All right, this last thing, speaking of Martin Gorsese, Martin Gorsese <laughs> he, wrote a, he wrote an essay for Harper's Magazine 
and it's called Il Maestro, Federico Fellini and the Lost Magic of Cinema. And I'll give you the short of it. It's a, I, I skimmed over it yesterday or a couple of days ago when it came out. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it talks about uh, Fellini, how he becomes a prominent filmmaker and how, he's, how he works with, uh, you know, uh, creating art. He's, he's creating the art of film, but then also becoming more than what film has to offer, even at the time. And, you know, I'll say this, this is a, it's a, it's a thing that you can probably say about, um, uh, Kubrick because, uh, when I was watching the, uh, a, a couple of minutes of the feature, well, the featurettes on the 2007 special edition of the shining <laughs> disc two, Spielberg is interviewed for like, uh, and, and at the top of this, and he says that, you know, for Kubrick, you, you can never turn a Kubrick movie on and then turn it off halfway through. You'll have to watch the entire thing. He has this, uh, you know, this escape button that he presses and all of a sudden you just, you watch everything. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really butchering the quote, but, uh, that is for that, for me to say that is, uh, the shining really movie came out in 1980 stands the test of time with the exception of, you know, the set, (laughs) it stands the test of time. It's, it's a movie that really, you know, stands out for what it is. Uh, and the same can be said for Fellini's work and the same possibly said for Scorsese at some point. Uh, and what Scorsese is saying in this, in this essay, and and I'm going to summarize it up in a couple of words for you. He's tired of movies being called content. This is something I harp against the word content and, uh, Harper's magazine. (laughs) And, uh, and, and I, and I could not agree more when I saw that headline, when I saw that email come in, I thought, this is exactly how I feel. And he's right. And he's been in the news for the past year talking about how, uh, you know, Marvel movies aren't real movies. Uh, and, you know, I, I, even though I'm not a fan of superhero movies, uh, you know, the most, the biggest fan anymore, because I used to be, uh, but now I think they're all trash, especially Deadpool. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, since I'm not a fan anymore... You can step out of yourself and go, yeah, they're not the best, you know, just because they have a bunch of black people doesn't mean it's it's a movie that's going to move things forward because it definitely did not. Not for Disney. Anyway, uh, movies are not content. And he is correct. Now, here's a good little summary from Haley Bolesman. Bosselman, you should go over at Variety. You should go read his essay or at least skim through it, at least get to the part where he's talking about content Uh, and and definitely read what he's trying to say because he's not he's not bashing what you what you think it is like what you what you call it but he's uh, he definitely disagrees with you. As recently as 15 years ago, the term content was only heard when people were discussing the cinema on a serious level, and then it was contrasted with and measured against form. Then gradually, it was used more and more by the people who took over media companies, most of whom knew nothing about the history of the art form or even cared enough to think that they should. Uh, he, sound, he sounds like a bunch of people I don't want to you know, be around uh, when they talk about film. Uh, but he's, I definitely do agree with him. Now, he's called the industry as inhospitable to art, but... Uh, he has team. He has teamed up with Netflix for a movie. He's teamed up with uh, Apple TV Plus for his next movie, Flowers of Algernon. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, 
but but they but in in some fashion these they come with these big budgets his movies they come with big budgets and these streamers are willing to dole the budgets whereas you know regular distributors and producers are not so uh he is kind of he's kind of a hypocrite in that sense but there there's no surprise anymore is what he's saying here's another quote here was an artist who he's talking about Fellini managed to express the anxiety of their nuclear age, the sense that nothing really mattered anymore because everything and everyone could be annihilated at any moment. We felt this shock, but we also felt the exhilaration of Fellini's love for the arts of cinema and consequently for itself. The And then he says the industry needs to be, uh, you know, kind of resuscitated, restarted. Uh, even though it's a, a huge, huge business now. Uh, and, you know, again, I'm just summarizing this uh, via a Variety article and and my own uh, musings from reading this uh, very long essay. <laughs> but he he is, he is, you know, in some respects, right about this movies being turned into uh, these cash cows these these grabs these blockbuster films uh, even though this film irishman was a blockbuster <laughs> and and uh and not really being treated as the, what they should be um but then you know on the other hand i just wa- i watched outside the wire with anthony mackie and uh the kid from snowfall i believe <laughs> and um that i mean <laughs> it's a it's a fun action flick uh, yeah, there's bad, there's bad, you know, one-liners in there, but it's a fun action flick with explosions and killings and a lot of stupid stuff going on. Uh, I might have fallen asleep at least ten minutes and uh, like at the last minutes, uh, last half hour, but still fun to watch. Um, not everything has to hit this prestige level, this uh, A plus thing that everybody that you know. It's either you. It's either you love film or you hate it, and uh, you know things aren't. That was my eye. If you, I'm, I'm rubbing my eye, and if you heard like a weird noise, that was my eye. But uh, you know these kind. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people. The majority of people tend to think that movies are good or bad. There's like there's a black and white to it. Uh, there's black actors, white actors. <laughs> not many of one of them. <laughs> Like how is it? How are movies being made today? Like the new Suicide Squad. There's barely there's it's all white guys and mostly, uh, mostly white guys and like two people of color. Come on, and like two women. Come on, guys. Uh, come on, James Gunn. There's like there's more diversity in The Shining, and that was 1980. And there's one there's two black people in it. <laughs> so anyway, and and. And the and the problems have gone more have gone bigger than black or white. There's there's in a lot of ways there's more you know there's other races out there that may be considered. But no, I'm ter- I'm talking about in terms of A or B. There's there's more uh, out there. You know you've you've got to be able to. I think the the best critics are able to uh, the ones who don't have to rely on five star. Uh, you know, 10, 10 out of 10, you know, six popcorns out of 19, you know, they don't, they don't have to give a rating at the end. The ones, the best ones are the ones who can talk about something and talk about it exhaustively and, and, you know, say, 
say why something's good or bad and why something did didn't work. That's why I stopped listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour because it's a bad podcast. Uh, <laughs> NPR, <laughs> hire me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's why you have to read. And, and if you're going to read one review, read 20. Um, uh, get get a lot of different, if you have to, if you're a person who has to get, uh, you know, one or two different opinions that aren't your own, then get 20 of them. Get so much more than what we already have because at some point, you know, you're either going to be uh, loving every popcorn flick and thinking you're special because you sit down and watch that uh, Schindler's List <laughs> Or, uh, or you're gonna be the 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 prick who's sniffing his own fart, uh, like on that episode of South Park when South Park was good. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna be that per- the person that's you know farting into a glass and, and you know sniffing it like it's a sifter or something. I don't know. I don't know what fancy people do. Just don't call it content, and and make your own decisions. <laughs> there you go. But don't call it content. You know. Don't pop the rise. Listen, this has been fun. I got to go. <laughs> if you like what you heard here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where you can see uh, me talking to comedians. Maybe Martin Scorsese one day. Who knows? YouTube.com slash cpluscomedy. If you want to see a video version of the show, don't know why you would. <laughs> you can also <laughs> see uh, News Time, our premiere show. It's like the daily show, except uh, less funny. It's a news magazine show. I take one story dig right into it this week's episode is about uh black excellence in film and fashion literally the title it's only five minutes it's probably the shortest episode i've done in years instagram twitter oh no what i said what i say on the news time this week i said twittergram or instant instator anyway twittergram at simples comedy twittergram at chad black white like us on facebook rate review subscribe to this podcast tell your friends please there's so there's dozens of listeners i want at least a dozen more. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. Okay, nope. Press the wrong button. Here we go.